Hey, hey, everybody, it's Nairby from CerealAndGrapeJuice.com. I am Nairby on Twitter. I am Nairby on Instagram. I am also Nairby attempted to sound like a professional radio DJ. Speaking of which, it's time for another episode of Bayside Buddy. It's episode four. Uh, Say by the Bell podcast. Now, before I get into it, just want to say for those who might have been waiting, hey, man, you usually upload these on Saturdays, man. It's Sunday now. Well, yesterday I was spent all day waiting on it. Let's just, we're just going to rant for a minute or two here before we begin. Yesterday, I spent all day waiting on an Amazon delivery that was out for delivery as of 9.08 a.m., The Elephant Man Blu-ray. I'm a big fan of that movie. I've been waiting for that movie on Blu-ray for many, many, many years. It did not arrive until, um, when was it? Until 11 hours later. No. 6.08. So, nine hours. I was waiting all day. See, I didn't want to be recording this, and then all of a sudden, it get interrupted by a delivery. So, yeah. So you're getting it today. Deal with it. And also, I just want to say that uh, next week's Bayside Buddies Saved by the Bell podcast, courtesy of CerealAndGrapeJuice.com, radio broadcast DJ. Yeah, anyway, next week it is Canadian Thanksgiving here in Canada land. We do celebrate Thanksgiving in October, whereas you silly Americans wait till November because you choose to live in the past. And as a result, we already know the uh, results of the American election here because we live in the future. So, yeah. I'm going to say, without spoiling it for anybody, you have nothing to worry about. (laughs) See, that's funny because it probably doesn't matter who wins. (laughs) Ah, you silly Yankees. Anyway, and as it is American or Canadian Thanksgiving, I will do my best to upload Bayside Buddy on Friday morning this coming week. If not, it'll be on Sunday evening because I'll have to record it because it might be a busy week. I'm going up to... uh, Hang with the uh, family from Friday until Sunday. So there we go. Just deal with it. You can go without my sexy voice for a while. Just hold that nut and bust it later. All right. So anyway, Bayside Buddy episode four. Today we're going to be recapping, reviewing, and making fun of Saved by the Bell season one episodes seven and eight. Starting with se- uh, season one, of course. Started with episode seven entitled The Substitute. Air date September 30th. 1989. We start in class, Zach arrives, and he tells us that teenage girls are suckers for poets, like John Bon Jovi, Axl Rose, and Jazzy Jeff, and he's counting on rap master Shakespeare to help him win Kelly's heart. Class begins, and the old lady teacher is very old, thus she did not hear the bell ring, and she says that they'll start anyway. (laughs) The class is going to perform passages from Romeo and Juliet. So the teacher calls on Lisa to be the first Juliet in front of the class, and Screech volunteers to play Romeo. Screech recites Romeo's lines, and Lisa isn't going for it as Screech is just getting closer and closer to her. And uh, Lisa grabs a pointer stick and backs Screech off. Poor Screech, don't worry. Maybe you'll get a chance. Well, spoiler alert: he didn't get so much as get a chance as he got he got a he got a pity date with Lisa. Not so much a pity. No, not so much a, a pity date. Well, he didn't have a... Uh, we're going to get to that, but spoiler alert. He... Yeah, he kind of... he, Yeah, there was a movie date, right? And then Lisa wouldn't shut up during the movie, right? But there was also a dance or something, and Lisa felt sorry for Screech, so she agreed to be his uh, date. So, yeah, that's the most it went. But uh, Zach got a shot. Zach got a shot with just about all the females on this show. Anyway... Anyway, the teacher then calls for two more volunteers, and she starts with Slater. 
Slater's a little sour. He's kind of excited to uh, play the part of Romeo in front of the class when Zack leans in and he tells Slater not to worry because he, he will not tell the wrestling team. Slater realizes that this might make him seem like a wuss and he sits down and he suggests to the teacher that Zack play Romeo. The teacher then asks for a volunteer to play Juliet and Zack leans down and tells Kelly there's a spider on her chair which causes Kelly to jump and she gets picked to play Juliet by the deaf teacher. Slater then gets up and says, you know what, I'll play Romeo now anyway, I changed my mind. But the teacher says that, hey, they already have a Juliet. <laughs> yeah. Kelly then sits on a chair that's placed on the teacher's desk, and Zach, Zach recites, uh, recites Romeo's lines like a champ and impresses Kelly. Kelly is all flushed by Zach's performance, and she accidentally drops her book. The old lady goes to pick up her book and throws her back out and says that it's an old hockey injury. <laughs> and the students quickly take her to the nurse by rolling her on a skateboard. But while doing this in the hallway, Belding shows up and, uh, well, he wanted to know what is going on here. <laughs> and the group fills him in on what happened before he's called to the gym to free a kid who got stuck in a volleyball net. We then go to, to the max and Zach arrives with Screech. Screech, behold, my lady sits eating. Oh, shove off, Morris. <laughs> I ignore the insults of the ignorant and approach my love. Oh, to be that straw sitting in my lady's cup. <laughs> Gladly would I be made of plastic and risk drowning in a sea of cola for the chance to touch fair Kelly's lips. Zach. Okay, Preppy. While you're treading cola, Kelly and I are going to the beach. Well, Kelly, this news disappoints me verily. <laughs> well, I thought we could rehearse more scenes from Romeo and Juliet. Oh, that's a great idea, Zach. Sorry, Slater. What? Can't believe this. I'd rather study than go to the beach. Parting is such sweet sorrow. <laughs> Chump. Fair Lisa, would that I were that blob of ketchup lying in your plate. So that you may dip your french fries in my face. <laughs> yeah, how awesome was it with how quickly Kelly blew Slater off? <laughs> Well done, Zach. Anyway, we cut to class the next day and Belding announces a substitute teacher. He tells the class that he expects them to treat the sub with the same respect that they show him. And the class laughs. I remember getting substitutes back in the day in the school days and never it didn't really excite me. But, uh, you know, few, some of the degenerate kids got excited, but yeah, whatever. Uh, I gotta hand it to those substitute teachers. They, uh, they walk into uh, the unknown... You never know, they can end up getting a bunch of ass clowns, but so my hat's off. Zach wonders what kind of dweeb they're going to get as a substitute teacher when a guy enters and he introduces himself as Tony Crane, and the girls ogle him. He starts by asking the students their name. Slater introduces himself as Slater. Screech introduces himself as Screech. And Kelly introduces herself as the teachers, as she, she says, I'm yours. As Zach then tells us that he's bummed. And we get a commercial break. 
That Cocoa Krispies chocolatey taste sends you to this chocolatey place to a land full of chocolaticals. Snap, crackle, pop a lot. Let Cocoa Krispies fill your spoon and soon be gazing at a cocoa moon sitting under a chocolate palm tree by the cocoa sea. Kellogg's Cocoa Krispies, part of this complete breakfast. Get the Cocoa Krispies taste. Leave a chocolatey smile on your face. Snap, crackle, After the break, Mr. Crane is all decked out in a Seinfeld-style puffy shirt. For those who remember the puffy shirt episode of Seinfeld, a classic. And Crane tells the class that he teaches Shakespeare a little differently. He asks for a volunteer to play Juliet, and all the girls in the class quickly jump up and get in line with Kelly at the front. Mr. Crane picks Kelly and puts a big cone-shaped hat on her head. You know, the classic, uh, when they had those school plays with the princesses, they'd have the big cone-headed, uh... I don't even, they're not crowns, they're just, uh, they're, they're things, cone-shaped things in her head. And Screech remarks that he didn't know Juliet was a conehead. I <laughs> oh, gotta love Screech. Crane, t- <laughs> Crane tells the class that Romeo and Juliet is a love story. And that no barrier can possibly separate Romeo from his beloved. He asks the class if they've all felt that way at one point, at any time, and all of the girls ogle... And the answer, yes, in unison. Lisa remarks that Crane must have read her diary. And Zach replies that Crane then borrowed Lisa's blouse. <laughs> Crane then recites the, uh, Romeo's lines with Kelly. And Kelly replies as Juliet, saying that, if her king, that saying that if her kingsmen see her, they will murder Romeo. And Zach and Slater cheer this. Uh, yeah, I remember back in the day, there was... Uh, uh, we, there was only one teacher. My, um, he taught Jim. This was in grade seven, John McRae, and he taught Jim uh, and he taught geography. His name he was Greek, and his his name was Mister Minstulus or something like that. And uh, there were a couple girls who ogled over him. I mean, one girl even ogled all over him to the point where one day, Mister Minstulus was walking through the halls during lunch or something as all the kids were at their lockers. And he said hi to a bunch of them. And this one girl who was in my homeroom at the time, she was at her locker. She looks at him passing by and she loudly says, I want your body, mister. <laughs> and everybody heard it. So, yeah. That's the only time I can remember any girls ogling any of the male teachers. Most of the male teachers were just old male dudes. Whereas uh, I had my decent share of uh, lovely looking lady teachers. Yeah. Anyway. Crane continues with a line and he asks Jesse what she thinks the line meant. And Jesse says... In a love days, she replies, Whatever you say, Tony. <laughs> Crane then asks the class if anyone knows what Shakespeare was saying. And Zach replies that Shakespeare was saying nothing because he's dead. Kelly then, a- Kelly then eyes Crane up and down and says that Shakespeare was saying that love is totally awesome. And Crane agrees. The bell then rings to end the class and all the girls remain in their seats just ogling this guy. And he, he's at his desk, and he looks up at the girls who are just remaining in class, and he, does, and he smiles at them, and his teeth do the sparkle and the ding. <laughs> a classic 80s and 90s little bit from uh, sitcoms, when there was a good-looking male or female that a bunch of the people were just ogling. So, yeah, little ding, little sparkle on the teeth. Or sometimes what happened with the eyes, but uh, I think it was funnier when it happened with the teeth. Uh, Crane tells the girls that they'll continue tomorrow, and they reply 
that they're all going to just going to sit and wait. <laughs> we then cut to the max where Kelly, Lisa, and Jesse are studying Shakespeare. When Slater arrives, Slater asks Kelly if she wants to play some video ball. <laughs> like a video game. There's a, vi- there's, a, there's a couple video game arcade cabinets in the, in the max. And one of them apparently is called video ball. Well, I understand they didn't want to pay royalties to any trademarked video games, but, well, I guess that's part of this show's charm, video ball. Anyway, Kelly replies that she does not want to play video ball, (laughs) and she doesn't have time to play kids' games. Come on, man. All these people who rip on on old people, if you will, finger-quote old people who play video games, hey, I play video games regularly. I stream on my Twitch. Ne'er be do. Go check me out. I try to stream at least once or twice a week. I'd like it to be more often, but I'm busy with website stuff and work. But yeah, I play video games. I'm going to be 45 soon. I'm a gamer and a streamer. I have invested in my streams the past, well, this year so far with higher quality webcams, a green screen, a stream deck. It's like my own little TV channel with effects and stuff. Check it out if you're on Twitch. Nairbydo, N-A-I-R-B-Y-D-O. And follow me so I can get that subscriber button. Yeah, but don't worry. Once Video Ball comes out, we'll stream it and we'll play together. Yeah. Anyway, the girls continue to fawn over Mr. Crane, but Slater doesn't see what the big deal is about Mr. Crane. Zack then arrives and he's dressed as a knockoff version of Romeo, Mr. Crane's version. And he tries to serenade Kelly, but Kelly isn't interested. Mr. Crane suddenly arrives at the max, <laughs> and he takes a seat by himself. Upon seeing this, Jesse quickly suggests that the girls all stand next to the jukebox so they can be closer to Crane, and they all get up and they run there. <laughs> That's the kind of stuff kids did. Maybe not so much in high school, but uh, heck, the kind of stuff you do as a kid. If there's a girl or a boy that you, you liked, you would uh, you'd try to sit closer to them. You. I remember one time in, in the, the 10th grade, it was in uh, art class, there was this girl I thought was cute, but I was just too damn shy to say anything, so I took a piece of scrap paper, and uh, I wrote, I didn't text, I, the message was, hi, you're cute, but it was in number form, so uh, the letter A was number one, the letter B was number two, that kind of code, so I wrote it in number form, hoping that she'd figure it out, I don't know if she figured it out, I still didn't have the balls to ask her out anyway, so it was a big waste of time. That's kind of dumb, awesome stuff that we did as kids. So, yeah. You can only imagine the kind of stuff kids might do now with the cell phones, technology and stuff. I mean, maybe if like a... I can I can totally see if a boy got a hold of a girl's phone number that he liked. And he would just text her. It's just secret little... Secret... Uh, what the hell? What, the, what, what is the term? Secret admirer shit to her. I could, that kind of stuff probably goes on now. Wouldn't surprise me. Anyway, Zack is not happy about what's going on, and Slater tells him that it's going to only get worse because Slater's seen it all at other schools before that he's gone to. He says that before you know it, a smooth-talking teacher will have stolen all of their women. And Screech replies, He's going to take our mothers? <laughs> oh, Screech is great. Max then tells the guys that Crane is probably already involved. He doesn't even know the girls exist. 
Crane then asks the girls if they'd like to join him, and they all quickly grab for a chair, but there's only, you see, there's only two available chairs at Crane's table and three girls. Kelly ends up quickly getting a chair. It's like a game of musical chairs. Kelly ends up getting a chair. Lisa quickly grabs the other chair, and Jesse ends up sitting in Lisa's lap. She quickly gets up. She spots a girl sitting in a chair from a, a random diner, and she steals her chair from her. <laughs> Oh, they're great. Anyway, meanwhile, the guys continue to look on as Slater says that Mr. Crane is trouble. Zack then suggests to Slater that maybe this one time they should join forces against a common enemy. And Screech freaks out, thinking he's he's asked them what he do. You know, what does Screech do? <laughs> Slater then agrees to team with Zack, and they pinky swear on it with Screech and almost break Screech's pinky. We then cut to... I believe was Jesse's house where she, Lisa, and Kelly are in Jesse's bedroom. We get one of the classic Saved by the Bell dream sequences. How do I look? Beautiful. What about me? Jesse, you're one of three prettiest brides I've ever seen. I can't wait for my honeymoon. Tony's taking me to Paris. I've heard they have great French food there. <laughs> Tony and I are going to Hawaii. Waikiki? Why not? It's really romantic. We're going to the desert for our honeymoon. I love the beach. He hates the ocean. <laughs> wait a minute. How can Tony take me on a honeymoon with both of you? Well, what kind of fantasy is this? It's him! It's Tony! He's come for his bride! I'm sorry, I can't marry you. I'll be leaving soon. I'm only a substitute teacher. Well, then who will we marry? Guess who? <laughs> yeah, Screech is just the perfect foil, man. <laughs> Oh, I love it. Uh, the girls then snap out of their days and they realize that Mr. Crane is eventually going to leave, meaning he's after all substitute. And we get another commercial break. I don't want to grow up. I'm a Toys R Us kid. You just said the magic words and look what you did. I don't want to grow up. I'm a Toys R Us kid. You'll get the best for so much less. You're both to flip the lid. This bit's new and hot. It's a toy they've got. And the prices are hard to beat. If I did, you couldn't be a Toys R Us kid. More games, more toys. It's the world's biggest toy store. Let's go. After the break, Zach is sitting on the stairs in school, and he tells us that Miss Simpson, the old lady teacher, took a turn for the worse, and she didn't show up again. So they've got to come up with a plan. He tells us the plan's name is an actress named Vicky, and we see a woman with a strong New York accent asking for her money... She's a professional actress who, according to Zach, played the third pepperoni in a dancing pizza commercial. Slater gives the woman her money and says that all the guys in Mr. Crane's class chipped in. Zach then tells Vicky the plan. And the plan is that when the bell rings, the most handsome hunk she's ever seen is going to come walking around a nearby corner. And when she sees him, she's to act out the scene that they planned. Zack asks Vicky if she knows her cue, and Vicky says that when the guys say hello and wave to the hunk, 
She enters and she does her stuff. Bell then rings, and Mr. Belding appears. And you remember your cue? When you guys say hello and wave to him, I come running into the hallway. Right. All right. Hello, boys. Hello? No! Darling. There you are. Oh, my love. I cannot wait until June. I took the first plane from Rome. Let's get married today. June? Rome? Married? Excuse me, but boy, have you got the wrong man. It's the wrong man. <laughs> Darling, don't joke with me. How could there be too many as beautiful as are you? I know it's hard to believe, but it must be true. Believe I can't wait another day to become Mrs. Tony Crane. Tony Crane? <clears throat> Mr. Crane, do you have an explanation for this? Oh, no. I got the wrong guy? <laughs> That's right. The wrong guy. Well, I should have known this wasn't the handsome hunk. <laughs> All right. Everybody, get where you were going before I start handing out detention. Mr. Crane, you have an explanation for this? If you give me a few minutes, Mr. Belding, I think I will. Fine. I'll meet you in my office. <laughs> well, if you ever need an actress, call me. Gotta run. Linguini commercial. <laughs> I seriously, man, go back and watch this man just screech, just ruining everything right away with a hi. <laughs> Oh, poor Belding. And you notice the, there's the there's the one kid, an extra in the background with the, he's he had the most '80s mullet. Bloody hell! Wow. Anyway, and this was before uh, what's his name? Uh, don't tell my heart, achy breaky heart. Uh, what what's her name's dad? Um, Montana, Hannah Montana's dad. That guy. Forget his name. But he made the mullet famous in the early mid '90s. I didn't. I wasn't wearing because mullets always looked dumb. But this kid in the background of this episode of Saved by the Bell was uh, he. Uh, yeah. Anyway, Belding leaves, and Mr. Crane crawl, calls a screech Zack and Slater, who during that clip ran into a couple lockers to hide. He tells them to get on out, and he asks them what's up. Zack says, tells Crane that since he arrived, the girls ignore the. All the guys, and they they uh, planned to make the girls think that Crane was engaged, so they'd forget about him. Crane says that he had no intentions of taking their ladies, but he understands how the guys feel, and they apologize. And Crease tells Crane to just stay away from their mothers. <laughs> the the guys then then head to class, and Kelly, Lisa, and Jesse show up late due to field hockey going on going into sudden death. Crane tells them to get to class, and when he does this, he 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 lightly takes Jesse by the arm and like pushes or pulls her toward the class. When he does this, Jesse gets excited and she claims that that means Crane likes her the most. <laughs> Later at the max, Kelly and Jesse are waiting for Crane or Kelly, Jesse, and Lisa, all three of them, the usuals. They're waiting for Crane to show up as he wanted to meet them there. 
but they don't know why. The girls argue over who Crane is going to run away with when Zack, Screech, and Slater arrive, and they tell the girls that Crane wanted to meet them at the max as well, but they also don't know why. Jesse tells the guys to go sit somewhere else, and that's when Mr. Crane arrives. Right in here, darling. <laughs> this is the place where all the kids hang out. It's cute. Oh. Here are three of the guys I've been teaching. Guys, this is Vicky, my fiance. Pleased to meet you. Um, same here. What a coincidence! <laughs> She really is his fiance. And honey, these are three of the young ladies I've been teaching. Hello. Are you in the same grade as those guys? Yes. Really? You look so much younger. <laughs> well, I just wanted Vicky to meet some of my students. Miss Simpson will be back on Monday, so this was my last day. Oh, that a joy past joy calls out on me. That it were a grief so brief to part with thee. Goodbye, Mr. Crane. <laughs> One, two, three, girls! Uh, <laughs> once again... <laughs> uh, you gotta love Screech, man. Seriously, what an awesome foil those little Screeches. <laughs> uh, he's, he's, he's just the perfect little shoehorn just to to lighten the mood. It's excellent. Anyway, the guys, they get up and they ask the ladies what they thought of Crane's fiance. The ladies say that they weren't impressed. Jesse invites the guys to sit down and Slater quickly sits beside Kelly. He tells Zack that the truce is over and the group starts ordering food from Max as we then get the credits on this uh, classic episode of uh, Saved by the Bell. Lovely little screech bits here and there. You gotta love those screech bits, man. Uh, Dustin Diamond. But that was The Substitute, Saved by the Bell, Season 1, Episode 7. We now move on to say, uh, Season 1, Episode 8, entitled Cream for a Day. Air date October 7th, 1989. We start in the hallway at Bayside, where Zach tells us that it's homecoming week, and Bayside is getting ready for its big game against Valley. And this this is the first time the Bayside-Valley uh, rivalry is mentioned in for those uh, who, you know, old school, long-time Bayside fans know, there's always been, well, I guess it started with this episode, the Valley-Bayside rivalry was mentioned pretty often every now and then through uh, from here on in. Bayside and Valley. Zach tells us that last year at the homecoming uh, game, Valley's band scored a touchdown against Bayside. That's how much Bayside teams sucked. Slater arrives, and he's wearing his football jersey. He's obviously a member of the football team. But he's got his football jersey tucked into his jeans. <laughs> this is a... I, I've never understood this. I don't care I don't care about Slater's muscles and his dimples and shit. This look looks ridiculous, no matter who does it. You don't tuck sports jerseys. You don't tuck them in. Okay, unless you're, doing, unless you're playing hockey... And you do the Wayne Gretzky thing. Maybe basketball as well, but when you're on the court. If you're just out at school 
or out walking, going to a mall or something, and, and you're wearing a sports team jersey, you don't tuck it in. You look like a moron. And Slater looked like a gigantic ass. Anyway, Slater says that, um, well, actually, no, he didn't say nothing. Confused. Uh, he looked ridiculous here, for real. He asked Jesse and Lisa if they've got anything for their star quarterback because Jesse and Lisa are selling little souvenirs in preparation for the homecoming game. And uh, I'm actually surprised Slater played quarterback. I would have thought he would have been a linebacker or a running back. He seems too athletic to be quarterback. I mean, a quarterback. Not that quarterback isn't athletic, but Slater, he, he's a wrestler. That's why I would have thought he would have been a linebacker, like a tackler or a running back, running into people. But, all right. Lisa says that Bayside hasn't beaten Valley in 23 years and Slater has to promise Bayside will win. And Jesse says that she's sick of hearing Bayside's, or no, Jesse is sick of hearing Valley's win cheer. Yeah, I'm sick of hearing Valley's victory cheer. We won, I'm sure, we won. Get real, Valley's the best, like forever since you. I love it, man. I love it when not only see not only Screech does all these quirky little funny things, but even Jesse doing it, singing that song. <laughs> yeah, for sure, yeah. <laughs> oh, I love these characters. Anyway, Slater says in his mocking Valley Surfer voice that Bayside is totally going to destroy Valley. Yeah, school a school named Valley. It sounds like it would be full of friggin' surfer dudes and dumb Valley girls. Anyway, Kelly arrives and she wants the gang's opinion on how she looks because she wants to be homecoming queen. Lisa and Jesse tell Kelly that she's got nothing to worry about. And Jesse tells Kelly that the guy that guys bribe teachers to, just to sit beside Kelly in class. But Kelly's worried about people finding out that she wears a retainer at night. A retainer at night. And Lisa asks Kelly, how's anybody going to find that out? You know, how's anybody going to know you wear a retainer? Well, the three nerds who overheard Lisa... <laughs> They found out, and they invite Kelly to join their retainer club. <laughs> I love the nerds in this show. I love it. <laughs> Later, Screech arrives for chemi- chemistry class whistling. He's in a good mood, and Zach wonder- wonders why Screech is so happy. And Screech is happy because he's got his first zit, and he's named it Murray. <sighs> Come on, man. Only only a nerd would be happy, like Screech would be happy getting their first zit, man. I don't miss those days. Getting those getting those that acne. You get them in the worst spots too. Get them get them like right right on the side of your nose or on your nose or and then all of a sudden they you get zits on your back. And you know how dudes are. I mean us dudes, there's there's uh, uh naked gun, those naked gun movies part three. There's a little gag, uh, and Nicole Smith is trying to get some dude to drop his guard so they can mess with uh, the Academy Award no- uh, envelopes, and nothing's working, even when she like flashes her boobs. So then she tries, she brings in a bunch of bubble wrap and starts popping it, and the dude just can't resist. It's kind of stuff us dudes like, so yeah, there were, you know, not to gross anybody out, but you know, sometimes I couldn't even help popping those suckers. Yeah, anyway, hope you're not eating right now. <laughs> anyway, class begins and Screech is, admi- is admiring Murray as Lisa wonders what's up. Screech tells Lisa that he's on his voyage to manhood and he invites her to come along. The teacher walks by and tells them to get to work and Screech starts mixing liquids which blow a white foam in- onto his face. 
then go to go to the max and uh, Zach and Slater both offer Kelly a malt and Kelly says she'll drink both of them and she's still focusing on how she looks Zach says that he likes Kelly's hair up while Slater says that she, that he likes Kelly's hair down and Kelly agrees just then two girls named Susie and Muffin <laughs> all right Susie I understand but Muffin she said shouldn't she be at Valley Anyway, two girls named Susie and Muffin arrive. They say hi to Zack and Slater. As Zack and Slater say hi back and ogle the two new girls. Lisa notes to Kelly that Susie and Muffin are the other contestants running for homecoming queen. Zack tells Kelly that she's got nothing to worry about. And Slater says that he wouldn't give those two girls a second look. Right before he and Zack casually give the two girls a second look. Which concerns Kelly. <laughs> Hey, they're dudes, man. Sorry or not sorry. It's what we do. Anyway. Later, Screech shows up at Zack's locker needing help. And Screech is upset because Murray the Pimple is now gone. <laughs> and Screech is back to being a boy. <laughs> Screech, Screech tells Zack... Sorry, Zack tells Screech that pimples go away all the time. But Screech is wondering how Murray disappeared in just two hours. Zack asks Screech if he washed his face today. And Screech wonders why he'd do that during the week. Zach, Zach then asks Screech if he put anything else on his face today, and Screech says only the chemistry experiment, you know, the foam that, that popped into Screech's face earlier. Zach then thinks that Screech has stumbled on to the invention of the century. He wants to run a proper test on a kid with the right skin. Zach and Screech both come up with the kid named Craterface Coburn. Later, Zach and Screech and Craterface are in Zach's room at his house. Zack applies some of the cream to Craterface's face. Zack finishes applying the cream and Craterface wants his $10. Zack hands him a bill and Craterface remarks that Jason Bateman isn't on the $10 bill. <laughs> Jason Bateman, man, there's a name for well, I was going to say there's a name from the past, but I, I heard that he's now on a current show. I don't have cable or subscribe to any streaming services, so... I mean, I haven't had cable since 2010, so... I have a massive DVD Blu-ray collection. That's all I need. So, but I did hear that Jason Bateman is—he's uh, back on the scene. He's in it. He's—he's—he's he's back, I guess. But yeah, he was uh, Justine Bateman's brother, Justine Bateman from uh, Family Ties, Mallory. Yeah, watched that show back in the day. Anyway, Zach takes it. The then takes an actual ten-dollar bill, and he rips it in half. He tells Crater Face Coburn that he'll get the other half when he returns the next day before school. And not to tell anybody. And uh, come on, man. I don't. Maybe it's just where I grew up, but I remember one time having a. It was. I think it was a five dollar bill, and it was completely torn in half. And I taped it back up with uh, clear tape, and went to Becker's, a convenience store that is no longer around, to just spend it. And the uh, the worker wouldn't take it. Wouldn't take my my taped money because it was ripped in half, even though it was taped together. And the serial numbers on both rip sides match. They wouldn't take it. Whatever. But anyway, after this, we got a commercial break. La, 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 la. Bops you up. Yeah. Bops you up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know you got the song in your head. Oh, And the feeling's got to come out. Whatever the song comes out of you, 
After the break, we're at the next morning and Kelly is hiding in her closet as Lisa and Jesse are trying to get her out before they're late for school. Kelly says that she's never coming out, as she suddenly has a zit. Lisa and Ke- Lisa and Jelly, sorry, Lisa and Kelly, <laughs> Jelly, Lisa and Jesse, Jess, Lisa and Jesse, okay, Lisa and Jesse, then trick Kelly into coming out by saying that George Michael's new video is playing on TV, and Kelly quickly comes out to look. There's no George Michael video. Jesse wants to finally leave for school, but Kelly is still refusing. Lisa takes a closer look at Kelly's nose and she tells her that it's hardly noticeable and it looks like a freckle. But Kelly doesn't buy it and she tells them that her situation is serious because today's the homecoming parade. And she gazes off into the distance for another classic Saved by the Bell dream sequence. The homecoming finalists have arrived. Wow. Quite a headlight you got there, Kelly. Kelly, she used to be such a pretty girl. (laughs) You mean Big Red? (laughs) Gee, Slater, is that the same girl we used to fight over? Well, you gotta admit it, Preppy. She can still light up a room. <laughs> <laughs> I love how they paraded them out on chairs with wheels. <laughs> oh, and Kelly with the red nose. <laughs> oh, yeah, those zits on the, especially at the tip of the nose. Uh, because, because not, you remember those zits you get at the tip of the nose? You can even feel them like on the inside of the nose. So if your nose got itchy on the inside, I mean, for, and you wanted to scratch it, well, first of all, you, you wanted to make sure nobody saw because then they think you're about to pick your nose when all you're doing is scratching an itch. But it would hurt. Ugh. Man, there were some places where you just got the zits and, and it would hurt. And and I don't know about anybody else, but when I got those zits on, on the on the on the edge the end of the nose and stuff, I would like I just couldn't help but just like you know do stuff with my face, which would like. I could feel the friggin' zit, the little bit of pain and stuff. Oh, yeah. No zits. Ugh. Anyway, we return from Kelly's dream and she's still upset because she's never won anything before. She wants to win to make her mom proud because her mom was homecoming queen. Jesse tells Kelly that nobody's gonna notice uh, Kelly's zit as we then quickly cut to school where Screech gives Kelly a flyer about how to get rid of zits. <laughs> Screech, man. Little Mr. Foil, man. <laughs> ah, what a great character Screech is, man. He's, you just insert him to just just uh, as the punchline for just about anything. He's just... What a great character Screech Powers is. Anyway, Kelly's upset about uh, thinking that people are going to notice or that people noticed her zit, but Lisa assures Kelly that nobody, uh, nobody noticed it. And then she, uh, she points over to Zack who's putting on a show. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, hey, anyone with money, well, step right up. The amazing pimple demonstration is about to begin. Now you say you're tired of those unwelcome blemishes. Well, I've got the product for you. Zit up. One-stop shop for all your acne needs. Chase preppy. 
Let's see how it works. Ah, well, just simply dab a little zit off on the problem areas and watch those embarrassing bumps disappear before your very eyes. Come on, this is a ripoff. Look, space is clear to start with. Yeah. Ah, but this is the before, and this is the after. <laughs> Is that Crater Face Coburn? In the new smooth aerodynamic model. No way. Hey, look, Preppy here just hired some look-alike with a good complexion to fool us. Yeah. 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 Charles, give the man some ID. <laughs> now, just $15 separates you from the complexion you've always dreamed about. All major credit cards accepted. $15 in 1989, man. Wow. I remember back in the old... I was a teen back in this day, 89. I was uh, 13 going on 14. And uh, 15 bucks. I remember it wasn't that expensive. It, I think it, maybe it was $7.99 for those Stridex pads or those Oxy pads where one side was soft and puffy and the other side was a little harsher. And they, they, would, they were dipped in that, uh, that uh, rubbing alcohol. So, yeah. I used those and they, they never worked. <laughs> uh, they never worked at all. What a waste of money. 15 bucks, come on. Anyway, Belden then quietly shows up as Zack is counting his money and he demands Zack and Craterface come to his office. They then go to Belding's office and Belding tells Zack that he's sick of his antics and now he's gone too far. And he asks Zack who the other kid is. Craterface confirms that it's Craterface. Belding doesn't believe it. Craterface then does his Craterface laugh to confirm that, that to confirm that it is indeed Craterface, and Belding is shocked. Zack then tries to get Belding to agree to let him sell the cream in the vending machines in the school, and Belding says no. Zack then says that he'll name the cream after Belding and call it Belvasil. <laughs> Belding kind of likes the idea, but quickly tells Zack that he's got detention. Zack and Craterface leave. But they leave some of the Belvacil on uh, in uh, his office. So Belding takes some of the Belvacil and applies a few dabs to his face. Later on, Kelly, uh, she's found out about Zack's detention. Zack blows it off and shows Kelly that he's still got a whole bunch of Belvacil left. <laughs> Belvacil. <laughs> it's a great name. <laughs> Zack, or Kelly asks Zack if she can have a tube, and Zack tells her that her skin is perfect. Kelly says that it's not for her, but it's for a friend. Zack gives Kelly a tube of Belvacil, and he tells her that she can pay him later. Zack, Zack then tells us that after Kelly tries the cream, she'll be his forever, and that it's turning out to be a good day after all. That's when Mr. Foyle arrives. <laughs> Screech runs up to Zack. And his face is all red, except for around the eyes. Screech asks, or Zack asks Screech, what, what the hell happened to his face? And Screech tells him that there's something wrong with the Belvacil. And it eventually turns everything it touches a maroon color. Zack asks Screech if he tried scrubbing it off, and Screech says that he tried running through a car wash. <laughs> Screech thinks it's cream burn. And Zack starts to freak out as Screech warns him that things are going to get bad. We get another commercial break. You can imagine a rock lord world where the forces of good and evil are fighting to survive. Each sold separately. 
After the break, Zach tells Screech that they need to find Kelly before she puts the the Belvacil on. (laughs) Belvacil. As Screech is wearing the Bayside Tiger mascot costume in order to hide his face, a couple of students appear and they praise Zach for the cream and they thank him. Kelly then shows up and she thanks Zach as she's applied the Belvacil... And she admits that it was for herself and not a friend. Kelly then thanks Zach again, giving him, a, giving him a hug, and suggests going to a movie on the weekend. And Zach says, any place that would be dark is great. They then go to Zach in his room at home with Screech, and Zach is worried about students finding out the side effects of the Belvacil. <laughs> uh, Screech then takes the mascot mask off, and his face is suddenly back to normal. Zack and Screech celebrate as the side effects of the Belvacil are only temporary, but they quickly realize that Kelly put the cream on more recently than the home and the homecoming rally is tomorrow. Zack Zach then says that he has to figure out a way to hide Kelly's face for one day. We then go to Kelly who's in her room, and there's a knock at her door, and it's Zack. He tells Kelly about the side effects of the Belvacil. He does it real fast and tries to blow it off and then quickly leave. Kelly stops him. Kelly then starts to worry about her face turning maroon. And she freaks, she just freaks out at Zach. And she 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 calls him. She says, Zach, you're really, you're something really, really bad. <laughs> oh, she was great. Tiffany Amber, great. <laughs> you're something really, really bad. <laughs> Zach then tells Kelly that she's the prettiest girl in school. She shouldn't care if she's a little less than perfect for a day or two. And that all she's cared about lately is her looks. Kelly gets angry and she kicks Zach out. The next day we're at the max for the homecoming rally. Slater gives a speech about beating Valley and then Jesse announces the homecoming queen results. Muffin has come in third. Susie came in second and Kelly is announced as the winner. Kelly comes out to accept her crown and her entire face is maroon but she's in a good mood. And she thanks everybody. She then rallies the kid together, the, all the kids together, with a cheer, and uh, and then this happened. Check this out, we've got something to say about the Tigers from Bayside gonna rule the day. So clap your hands and stop your feet. Hey, we got school spirit, we can't be beat. Beep a beep a beep, beep beep a beep 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 a beep a beep 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 After listening to it again, I guess uh, I guess it was fine. Beep a beep a beep a beep. Yeah. All right, but yeah, there, there's some cringe moments. There, there, there really are. There are going to be some cringe moments. We haven't got to the uh, to the Friends Forever episode. You want to talk about cringe? Bloody hell! 
Uh, anyway, after the rap, so I guess it was fine. It wasn't. It wasn't so cringy. Now that I think about you know, friends forever is still to come. After the rap, <laughs> friends forever. God. Anyway, the kids leave for the game. Belding shakes Zach Zach's hand, and he he commends Zach for the idea of having uh, all the students paint their faces to show school spirit. And you see, we can only see Belding from a side shot. Okay. And Zach asks Belding if he wants to paint his face maroon too. Belding then turns toward the camera and he's got five big maroon spots on the other side of his face. <laughs> he tells Zach that that would be a little rash. <laughs> Kelly then returns and thanks Zach and apologizes for how she acted. She kisses Zach on the cheek. And then Zach tells us the result of the game. And then uh, Valley was so scared of all the maroon faces in the crowd that they fumbled the opening kickoff, and uh, they ended up. Uh, Bayside ended up. Bayside via Slater ended up scoring the game's only touchdown, give Bayside a seven to nothing win over Valley, and then we get the credits. <laughs> oh man, now I can't get friends forever out of my head. Just the the, the images and the sounds. And anyway, those of you who remember that episode probably know what I'm thinking about. God, not just the song, and and Zach's will finger quote Zach's voice singing, but uh, when Zach goes on to have his solo career, <laughs> God. <laughs> anyway, that was that was uh, uh <laughs> friends forever. <laughs> that was cream for a day, <laughs> and uh, yeah. So which I'm gonna try. We'll try to remember to keep a tally. So Bayside. Uh, so the, this was the first episode they mentioned the Bayside Valley rivalry. So Bayside is up one to nothing, and I don't remember if Bayside ever lost to Valley, even though uh, Lisa or somebody brought up that uh, they've lost twenty three games in a row, twenty three years in a row. But uh, so we'll keep tally now. It's one nothing Bayside. We'll see if they ever lose again. But that was <sighs> friends forever. <laughs> so that was <laughs> that was Saved by the Bell season one episode eight cream for a day. That was Bayside Buddy episode four. Join me next time for Bayside Buddy a Say by the Bob Bell Contest. Oh, stop. Oh, can't stop thinking about friends forever. Join me next time for the next episode of Bayside Buddy episode 5, a, base, a Say by the Bell podcast where we will be recapping and reviewing season 1 episodes 9 and 10 entitled Pinned to the Mat, which is a classic, and Beauty and the Screech. Another good one. Serialandgrapejuice.com. I am Nairby on Twitter. I am Nairby on Instagram. I am also Nairby reminding everybody that it's Thanksgiving weekend coming up here in Canada next weekend. So the next episode of Bayside Buddy, I will try to have it up on Friday early morning before I leave for work. If not, it'll be up on Sunday evening. So look out for it. Spread the word. Spread the love. Do that and we'll all be friends forever. (laughs) Have a lovely day.